This is Mighty Oaks, a program about age. I'm Owen Handen, and this week episode 10, titled We Could Do With Some Education, in which we discuss the benefits of education and what it's like to go back to it after 30 years. the over 65s only 12% according to the 2011 census had completed third level education. Connor Breen is policy officer with CARDI, the Centre for Ageing Research and Development in Ireland. They're quite low levels of education. Um, it's important for areas like if you're made redundant in your 50s, uh, you have a lower level of education than say younger age groups you're already facing age discrimination in terms of getting another job. So it's definitely an area that needs to be looked at. The OECD have just published their the results from their first ever um, programme for the International Assessment of Adult Competencies. Um, the results for Ireland were very mixed. Um, this was a study across 24 countries. So it measured literacy, numeracy and problem solving in technology rich environments. Um, so just to give you a few examples, Ireland came 17th out of 24th in literacy, 19th out of 24th in numeracy. And then when it came to using technology, um, the exams in using technology, 42% of people in Ireland were at the lowest level, level one. Um, that was about average for the study, but then 25% uh, were at, at the higher levels, two and three, and that was below average. The average for the study was 34%. So it kind of shows that among adults and the census figures show among older adults over 65s, low levels of education is a problem and it can lead to difficulties for older people in all kinds of areas. So uh, it's definitely one thing that needs to be looked at. Building education and skills is important for careers, but um, it's not just economic benefits for older people. Um, it can help them to uh, uh, kind of improve their um, social outings, their physical and their mental well-being. Kind of long after they've retired, uh, higher levels of education assist with getting involved in your community, building your social ties. Uh, so. There are all kinds of reasons why building up your education and skills are important, not just, you know, purely for employment. 10% of the over 65s in Ireland are still in employment, but for everybody else, education and skills are still important. So um, we have barriers to overcome in terms of that. We don't have any specific research on that, but we view it as a definite positive step. Um, increasing numbers of people getting back into not just training specifically for a job, but just education in general. Um, we have identified some barriers to that that older people face. Age discrimination in the type of training courses available at the expense of it. I mean, education grants are can be difficult to come by for older people, so if they have to pay for them themselves, it can be difficult. The, in the kind of type of education and training courses offered, there can be a focus on younger age groups specifically younger workers so that can be intimidating for older people to get back into education when they think well this is geared at younger people um, it's geared at people that already say have very developed IT skills so the more older people getting back into education the better but there are barriers to overcome I, I think the IT issue is an important one 
I mean, there are 300,000 people over the age of 65 in Ireland that ha uh, don't use the internet on a regular basis. The levels of people not using the internet are shrinking, but it's still uh, a major concern because things like uh, government services, banking services are now moving online. So um, there's a danger that older people can be left behind. Older people may not have used computers, internet, ICTs throughout their careers. So they have to come to them later in life. Uh, so building their skills in that area can be a bit more difficult. So education and training that's specifically geared for older people uh, is important. The use of the internet was shown to reduce depression levels by 20 to 28%. It was only a small study, but it's definitely worth exploring further. Obviously with things like Skype, uh, now it's easier for older people who know how to use technology. Um, to keep in touch with family and friends um, who may not be able to visit them face to face all the time. So if older people do have those skills, it can mean that they can keep in touch with family and friends a lot easier. Tablet ownership and smartphone ownership among older people are building. 10% of people over the age of 65 own a smartphone now in Ireland. So those areas are worth exploring. As long as older people have the skills to use new technology, they can benefit from them. And it's not just mental health as well. Uh, an Institute of Public Health study showed that uh, lower levels of education um, mean that people are likely to die at a younger age. They're at a higher risk of poor health throughout their lives. Um, so that's worth taking account of too, that uh, education can help with physical health, it can help with mental health, uh, it can help with social engagement. The most important point we'd be stressing is that education is great for older people, but there are barriers to overcome with it. So, I, I mean, the more that older people have the idea that they can get into things like um, doing a course in a university or local training course, they'll get benefits from it, um, and it's an extremely positive thing. Uh, so we should be promoting the idea that no matter what age you are, you can get back into education. Um, whether it's something that you missed out on whether you, when you were younger or you just want to build up your knowledge of, say, new technologies, um, it's always a positive thing. I think I was 46, 47 at the time and my mother had died at the young age of 46. So it was always a key kind of number in my head. So when I had passed that time, as I was approaching 50, I said, fuck this, my children are all educated, they're all working, they're out of the education system. Apart from dogs, cats and an elderly relative, I said, I'm going back to college. I'm going to do it because I never actually did it. I shouldn't say go back because I had never done it when I was young. So for that reason, I applied to Rathmines um, for uh, a course in journalism for an honours diploma course in journalism covering all areas of media. My name is Rose Barrett O'Donoghue. I had never gone to third level education when I was young. I thought I knew everything. I'd intended going to join Greenpeace and saving the dolphins and the tuna when I was young. I wouldn't take steady jobs at the time, but I ended up getting married and had a family young. So any work I had done was kind of just part time that fitted in around family life and that. But I separated at the young age of 30 and raised my family. I suppose I was always interested in people and the greater community. When my children were growing up and say there was nobody to run the brownies, well, then I would have said, OK, I'll have to get involved. The same with, you know, uh, community games and all these kind of things. I was involved, school board of management. One of these probably annoying, busy little women in a parish. But I enjoyed all that and you had to do it. And there's people, you know, in every parish who do the same. 
my children went through secondary school and then they all went on to third level education. And I was at this stage working in sales and commercial writing, if you like. I was writing advertorials and and that kind of thing on a commercial slant for a regional newspaper. And I found that very easy. It was just a continuation of what I had been doing for years in community press and liaising with with people that I always found that very, very easy, both selling and writing, you know, to complement commercial sales and that. So I'd found myself doing more and more producing a community uh, magazine for the parish and that. And I really enjoyed that. And I was getting more and more involved in it. But my computer skills, I was self-taught. So my computer skills in some areas like editing and Photoshop and things like that, I didn't have great knowledge of them. So I wanted to increase those. But more importantly, I wanted to um, do something other than PR and commercial writing. Without a wage, I decided to leave a full time job in, was it 2007, maybe 2009 when I returned to education. And I went from earning a perfectly good wage with commission and expenses to going to a back to education grant, which I was extremely grateful for and delighted to have. But suddenly you're on a tighter budget. But but I, as a mature person, was still paying house bills, electricity. You know, that didn't change. And even the most basic things like animals and people would say, oh, we'll get rid of the dogs and cats, but you can't just do that over, you know. So I was finding that even though I was managing on on a frugal allowance and I was managing very well, actually house bills, Internet, all this was still coming in. So that was something that I had to budget for and it has eaten into what was supposed to be the long term pension plan. So that's something as well. I mean, you honestly would want you you sort of say to yourself, oh, I'll manage on the back to college allowance and I'll have a few grand. That's not the case. If you have a car to run and I did, something always goes wrong with it. And then suddenly you have house insurance, which is a huge dent. And now you have property tax and now you have water and you have all these new charges. You've health issues and things like that. I probably had to go to the doctor a few times during the course where younger people wouldn't. They'd have maybe a better immune system. I'm in my woman in my 50s, I dare say there's other issues coming up for me. And humorously, I might add that when I did decide to go back to college, my son, who was about 27 or no, he was well about that at the time, said that seeing as I missed out on the big university, the sex, drugs and rock and roll, that I'd love it. But I don't think, son, there was much call for it in my 50s back <laughs> in college. I probably had a an innocent concept that there'd be a lot more lectures of, you know, like you see on American TV, the big (laughs) forum, you know, going into an assembly room with tiered seating and a lecture. And of course, it was very much like what we had in secondary school and primary school. You're in a classroom, you have a teacher and a blackboard behind you. Now, of course, there are whiteboards which are used, you know, for presentations and things like that. So you're using an overhead, what's it called, an overhead projector. But the blackboard was probably used as much. So from that point of view, it was still very much you were 15, 20 students in a classroom, one to one, you know, in a classroom with one tutor. Facilities, obviously, uh, you know, the, the library and the computer rooms were used a lot more. And it was a wake up call for me, like there was uh, obviously journalism. We did journalism for radio. I had always worked in print. And then also we did law and things like that that I'd never done. They were difficult, but it was amazing. I had always worked in commercial uh, editorial and community press. And you never had to be mindful, really, of the legal side of things. And I was fascinated in that minds. That was one thing. 
But what came as a shock to me when you're around 50, I presumed I had the same energy as I'd always had. But when I was going to college, and this is something that my younger students wouldn't have had to worry about, when I got up in the morning, the first thing I was saying is there's a wash to be put out or an elderly relative, there might have been a phone call from the nursing home that he was out of something and I always tell the funny story about the prune juice, getting a phone call one morning that he wanted prune juice and socks. So I was going in a different direction to drop things off to the nursing home and then going heading off to college and the same on the way home you were sort of saying well I'll do the shop I'll try to tie in with that then there's dogs and cats at home so I was saying well I'll fit a walk in with the dogs that will tie in with something else so from that point of view that's something that older people probably have to manage that younger people don't if you're running a house if you're the main householder you're still doing what I would call a few hours work every day at home and if there is like in my case I share the responsibility of an elderly relative I would sometimes have been watching the clock in college thinking oh I better not forget to drop off something or collect something from the laundrette and wheel around to the nursing home and oh I have to get a call in to this elderly relative specialist I have to get that call in today the specialist is only available on a certain day and I have to get an appointment in for something like that and then I'd realise oh the tutor had just been explaining what the four main criteria this assignment was and I tuned out after two. So from that point of view, I would be have been emailing colleagues and teammates later that night to say, um, can you clarify again what three and four was? So the downside of having other commitments was that sometimes when I should have been paying more attention, I was thinking, damn, I forgot to put that wash out before I left. I may text a neighbour to check I didn't leave the cats in. I mean, ridiculous things. And I couldn't believe the how my energy levels had depleted that was something obviously I wasn't exercising the way I used to because I didn't have as much free time and when I was staying up doing assignments at two o'clock in the morning and that kind of thing that never bothered me in my 30s and 40s but in my early 50s I was thinking oh my god I was never as fond of my bed say for me for example I'm separated with grown-up children um, and I'm in a relationship with someone else I'd say he has the patience of Job and it's just the look of God that he's a tutor and he works in the education system from the other side of the desk and thanks be to God that he would spend a lot of his weekends preparing coursework and assignments because I often joked and said at the end of it truly I know he is committed to me because I was a basket case at the end of that course and it certainly wouldn't be good how would I put this if one had to have amorous weekends they certainly weren't going to happen in a degree course with that because A time factor B energy levels and C my mentality I definitely think I was as close to bursting a gasket uh, at the end of that course and then after completing that um, I went on to Ballyfermot to do uh, a media production course to do an honours degree in that and I have to say the level of you know academic writing required for that it took me a while to settle into that course I found it hard to tune in my what I was used to with both community writing feature writing and commercial writing I found it hard to tune myself into doing academic writing it was no longer I and I'd like and I'd and we and all that that was gone out the window and I kind of was surprised then it was, I got my rap, knuckles wrapped a few times on my level of academic writing that I wasn't applying it. And that was a kick up the backside too. That it wasn't as brilliant as I thought it was. I absolutely loved most of the topics. Again, law, while it can be tedious and repetitive, I find it fascinating. 
You know, I find the boundaries of it fascinating and frustrating is another word I'd use for it, but loved cultural studies, loved all those things. The subjects I thought I would be strongest in, like consumer behaviour, because I'd worked in advertising and commercial press for years, I was was my weakest subject and it was absolute disaster. I only ever once, probably in the degree course, experienced a bit of negativity from fellow students. I have to say in Minds, the students were extremely tolerant and supportive. I probably had something to contribute to them, but they certainly were very uh, supportive of me and tolerant. I'd say sometimes they were looking and thinking this dotty owl one. I'm not ancient to money in my 50s, but I'd say sometimes they were looking at me thinking, geez, if that was my mother, I'd throttle her, <laughs> you know. But I did enjoy it and I found there was a nice age mix in both courses. You had students in their 20s some mature, they call themselves mature students, but they're still young to me. They might have been only 30-ish, which to me is still way, way young. I enjoyed the buzz in college. I enjoyed particularly, in some ways, I fed off the energy of the younger students and the good rapport and conversation and that kind of thing. And as I say, I always found them particularly helpful when I didn't understand or was stressing over something that was perfectly obvious, usually when I asked. But there might have been just things, interpretation of assignment works or meeting the criteria. When you'd enter, say, a group, there was a little bit, say, if I joined them in the canteen at the table, there was, and it only came from one party, one party, a little bit of kind of sneering, and here's this batty old one. And actually my, uh, what would I say, my life skills, I was very tempted once or twice to make you know, a snotty remark back or to say something disparaging and something personal. But I think age and life, I said to myself, no, what's the point? This person has nothing to gain, you know, from slagging me. It's it's a personal thing. Maybe I irritated them. Maybe I was too talkative in class or interrupting in that. But uh, my own children were amused when I came home once or twice and kind of was, was annoyed over it. But I said, no, there's nothing to be gained at this stage of your life. You just have to tolerate them. And everybody likes you and you don't like everybody. So let it go. It's the same sometimes with tutors. We respond better to some tutors than others. And you love particular classes because maybe you just like the tutor's way of, of teaching or just like their way of presentation. There's certainly a lot of administrative things sometimes when classes are cancelled, you don't always hear it. And sometimes you've one tutor telling you one thing and another. But I would have to say my experience of third level and the tutor's support and the students was very, very good for me as a mature student. Um, I felt they were very tolerant. They were willing to give extra information. I also found I was very, very surprised when I contacted national, be it organisations, politicians or um, say like a journalist, uh, senior journalist, say like Kevin Myers and uh, journalists in, in regional press and that, they were all fantastic. Nobody refused me and nobody ignored. I, I was really surprised at that. Um, they offered to give further information. They contributed to classes, radio programme in Rock Minds national um, publications that I sent my work to be appraised for all came back to me and I kind of was surprised at that. So what I'm saying is that if you present yourself and you contact people and you do it with, you know, a bit of, I suppose, personality is what I'd say maybe and with manners, I think it's also nice to thank people afterwards. Uh, For example, in my last course, I spent a lot of time in the Tala Echo. Now, I hope to pop up to them before Christmas to say a proper thank you. But I couldn't get over how helpful and, you know, how much time and how many people were prepared 
to work on some of my assignments and that. But um, I think people are very supportive of people returning to education. So that's a positive. If you approach people and you approach them nicely, you will get, I think, a positive, you know, approach back. I would have expected if I contacted something like the Irish Times or a senior journalist or a renowned publication editor and that they're not going to reply to an email from an unknown, you know, wannabe, even albeit if she's in her 50s. (laughs) But they all did. And I also think use your people skills. I probably think my experience of having worked in community and, as I say, other aspects of of, um, the area I live in, it probably gave me people skills and communication skills to approach those people. But most people have those and don't realise they have them. You'd have people who are saying, oh, I've never done this and I've never done anything in public. And then you'd be talking to them and you'd say, but don't you work in a local charity for years? Haven't you been front of house in a shop? Aren't you in a local drama society? Haven't you been running a children's organisation for years? And you've probably addressed and phoned and pleaded and wrote letters and begged. And they're saying, oh, yeah, I never thought of that. So people have skills, I think, that they just forget. I felt some of the courses were a bit stretched. I felt that the actual coursework and the assignments could have been curtailed in a much briefer. I felt one or two assignments that we were working on that were to be stretched over a long period of time were something that actually needed to be blitzed at two to three weeks. And there's no way in a working environment that you would have three months to do carry out a particular project. You wouldn't. You would have a 10 to 10 days to a two week turnaround to produce a project or something similar like that. I felt things like that were overly stretched and uh, a little laborious. One of the things, for example, which totally took me surprise, I was in my early 50s doing the degree course and I would have said I was a completely laid back. Okay, I get a bit hyper at times, but I would have said that stress with me, my stress levels go way up, but they come down very quickly and I don't. I wouldn't be a, a basket case for weeks with things. I wouldn't let things get to me that much. Once something is done, I'd put it to one side. But my God, when I was doing the honours degree course, I was a lunatic half the time. I was here losing sleep over a conclusion on an assignment when I was doing the dissertation. I don't think I finished finished a sentence for the three weeks when I was trying to finish my dissertation. Everything was like <gasps> like this. That's what I felt I was. You know, that's that's the way I felt I was a, a basket case. And I kept saying to my partner and to the ki- the family, I refer to my kids, you know, and they're 29 to 34, so they're not kids. But um, I'd say, oh, when this is over, I'm going to be so relaxed. So that was something I wasn't prepared for. And I can imagine similar people maybe going to doctors and saying, give me uh, um, cameras. <laughs> Have you got antidepressants? Everything. I didn't. I got through it. But I can tell you, I drank a lot more herbal tea near the latter end of that course. And there was a lot more walks outside just to calm down because my stress levels were horrendous compared to what I was in my 20s, 30s and 40s. And that might be because my energy levels weren't as good. So that's something that I hadn't factored in. I really was surprised at how I was a a worrier and a stressor on the degree course. But again, it's an indication probably of the level of work that's required for it. There's a lot more research and there's a lot more academia. I found it all fascinating. That was a problem I had uh, was zoning in for assignments, I would want to read everything and I could read the Bible if I was interested in a section. And then I'd realise really all I needed was three paragraphs for that question. And I would have read a book instead of just 
deciding on what aspect of I was taking and saying, well, there's my 250 for that aspect of it. Now I need 300 for something else. And so those are things that probably students who are in who are in college ongoing, who've never left the education system. That's probably something they're used to. But remember, I did my leaving in 1977. But now I have an honours degree and I have an honours diploma and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do uh, with with those. I'm doing a website design class in January 2014. I've signed up for that and I want to get confident enough to start doing stuff for myself. I have one or two ideas on how to tune in a local news and local websites, but I need to get it online. There isn't jobs at the moment for journalism. Uh, print The print industry is struggling. They're competing against online and social media, so they're not hiring. I mean, I think most journalists are just happy to hang on to their jobs and that. So I still think I have to learn, uh, study the industry a bit more before I'll find out what is going to pay me, what I can use. But I feel all of the things I've done are beneficial along the way. I'll continue doing community press. I'll continue contributing to regional press. Would be nice if it was paid. But, you know, I'm still getting printed. I'm still getting work and that. The difference is even small companies would ask me to do work for them and that years ago they would have paid. There isn't that money there. If somebody asked me to do them a favour or a charity, I'm not going to turn around and say, well, thank you, that's 300 euros for my work and for writing you, you know, and, and that I don't. But I believe all that will come back maybe when times are good again that, you know. But for me, I think I just need to do learn a bit more about media across the, the board and then start using my writing skills, whether it's commercial writing, whether it's in PR or commercial services or whether it's in feature writing, short story writing or even the long term plan to write a book. And that's it for this week. Mighty Oaks was produced and edited by me. Our theme tune is Canteen Rag by Jackson F. Smith. To listen back to previous episodes of Mighty Oaks, just go to soundcloud.com slash mightyoaks. To subscribe to Mighty Oaks as a podcast, go to feeds.feedburner.com slash mightyoakspodcast or search for Mighty Oaks in iTunes. If you have any thoughts about the show, email us at mightyoaksradio at gmail.com. I'm Owen Handen. Thanks very much for listening.